Well, g'day Bridgetown Church. This is John Tyson here from Church of the City in New York. And I'm standing here for John Mark Homer today. And it is an absolute joy to be with you. And I'm sending you love from the heart of New York City. And just want you to know how much uh, we're grateful for John Mark and your whole team and your church. And uh, we think of you very, very fondly and with a lot of gratitude for how God's using you to encourage not just you uh, as a body, but so many other people around the world. So it's an honor to jump in today and fill in for John Mark. What I want to talk about is hitting the quarantine wall and then going through it. You'd never know this to look at me because I look like an out-of-shape, middle-aged rugby player. But I'm telling you, beneath the visible is a runner's mind. I have done uh, a lot of long-distance running, believe it or not. And uh, I ran the Chicago Marathon. And I did it on the day where it was almost 100 degrees. And it was just horrifically hot. And I trained and I trained and I trained for the Chicago Marathon. I didn't really know what to expect. I'd read books, but didn't know what to expect. And when I got to the starting line, it kind of just blew me away. There was a guy in a taco suit getting ready to run a marathon. There was a guy in a tuxedo getting ready to run a marathon. And I just remember thinking to myself, what planet am I on? There's a guy in a taco suit. Well, it was so hot. Three or four miles in, I I started watching people literally faint and pass out, just collapse onto the road. And I felt pretty good up until mile 17. And at mile 17, I hit the wall. And the wall is that point, I'm sure you're familiar, where you just get to the end of your capacities to go on. You're just like, I'm done. Now the pep talk's not going to get you through it. Another little motivational clip's not going to get you through it. Someone yelling at you, screaming at you, threatening punishment, it's not going to do anything. I was just done. Now, I ran my marathon with another guy who had run a ton of these and hiked some of the biggest mountains in the world. Amazing guy. And he had trained with me the whole time. And he, to this day, does not look like an out-of-shape rugby player. And he said this phrase, I mean, it was, it was 100 degrees. They ran out of water. People were handing out beer on the Chicago streets because there was nothing to drink. And he pulled me along and he said this phrase to me, which has stuck with me my whole life. He said this, it doesn't matter how you feel the entire race. It only matters when you want to quit. It only matters when you don't go on. Perseverance doesn't matter when you feel great, the guy in the taco suit. It matters for this moment. You didn't train to feel good. You trained to get through it. Let's persevere. And that was the thing that ultimately got me through this, hitting the wall and then figuring out how to get past it. Well, I think as a whole, the United States right now has hit the quarantine wall. We are six weeks in almost now, and America is just saying enough. You guys up there in the Pacific Northwest, just leading America. 
with <laughs> with revolt. You've got these rallies about opening up states again. And it's like America just says, we can't take it. We've hit a quarantine wall. No more, enough, we're done, we're out. There is an instinct that says, I want to give up. One of the strategies of the Antichrist is to wear out the saints. In Daniel 7, it says this, He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law. I don't know if you're aware that this is one of the enemy's strategies for your life. It's just to wear you out. Satan doesn't need you to commit some horrific sin. Satan doesn't need you to blow your life up with scandal. He just needs you to give up. And so, so often we forget to look at the spiritual component of fatigue. Yes, there is physical fatigue. Yes, there is psychological fatigue. Yes, there is emotional fatigue. And yes, there is spiritual disorientation and grief and mourning and lament. All of these things are legitimate. But I want to remind you of one thing today, and it is this. It is part of the enemy's plan to simply get you to tap out. He just wants you to give up. And I think there's a lot of people inside the church who feel like they've sort of hit a wall with this whole thing too, and they are struggling to get through. In fact, this is an experience more aware of uh, through the church history than we often pay attention to. In writing to the Galatians, Paul says, Do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And so there's a lot in that word. If you look up what it means in the Greek to, to lose heart, it literally means to to throw that it's to, to give in due to exhaustion. You just can't go on anymore. And Paul's exhortation is don't. Something lies beyond the wall. There's something you want, and that's a harvest. And we see this in the life and ministry of Jesus. That's why Hebrews 12 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And so the way through the wall, when you hit the wall, is to lay the right things before you. To lay the right things before you. Viktor Frankl, who I'm sure you've uh, read his book or at least occasionally quote his book, Man's Search for Meaning, he was the father of a kind of therapy called logotherapy. And he was in the death camps in World War II. And as a psychologist, he basically noticed uh, or tried to observe those who made it through the death camps and those who just gave up, those who hit the wall of being and quit. And he basically said, and he in, in his whole concept of logotherapy is about the importance of meaning. And he basically said, those who had a purpose beyond the season, those who had a purpose beyond the season, those are the ones who made it through. And when you study exactly what that meant, so often people would just talk about things they were going to do or their favorite things that they would get back again after they were done with this season. They set something before them that pulled them into the future. This is a concept theologians call eschatological realism, which means we get a vision of the future so clear we are pulled into it. And so I don't know where you are today, and I don't know the state of your heart, if there is a soul weariness, but I want to encourage you today to take a moment to lay the right things in front of you. 
Where is your hope set? What are you looking forward to? I'm not talking about rushing out of the pandemic. I'm not talking about just trying to get through this to return to some idealized future. No, I'm talking legitimately. What have you sown in your life and into the kingdom that you are looking forward to seeing God do? And I want to encourage you to spend time meditating on those things. Colossians 3 says, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So we're to set our minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And so I want to make sure in the midst of everything you're doing that you're taking a little bit of time to think about the joyful things in your future. And this, for some of you, this may be easy. You've got those personalities, glasses always half full, you're ready to go. For some of you, this will be a challenge because you've lost so much in this season. But we need a clear sense of vision to be pulled into that future. So what are you laying before you? What are you laying in front of you for a sense of vision? Jesus was able to get through the cross because he had a vision of our salvation. And so I want you to remember the law of the harvest. Sowing and reaping don't happen at the same time. And you are on the verge of reaping what you've sown in previous seasons. Don't give up. And if you want joy for the future, sow into that future. If you want to be a more generous person, sow generosity at this time. If you want to be a person who grows in your theological depth, set the joy of being a theologically formed person before you. If you want to be a person who grows in the fruit of the Spirit, the spiritual practices, Begin to sow those things now and anticipate harvesting those things in the next season. So I just want to close by praying that God will give you a spirit of perseverance. So Father, we come into your presence now and we just say thank you. And we just take a moment even now to just fix our eyes on Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his teaching. Thank you for his courage. Thank you for his resolve. Thank you for his willingness to go to the cross and drink the cup on our behalf. And Lord, I just pray that you would give us that vision of his example done in love for us to enable us to endure this season as many of us have hit the wall. And Father, I just want to pray that wherever people are listening, that you would just literally breathe fresh vision into their hearts, vision for the future. Lord, you have incredible things lined up. You're working these things together for our good. And Lord, you're able to bring beauty out of this brokenness. So I just pray that you would just deposit prophetic insights and a spirit of hope, that they would overflow with hope by the power of your spirit, and that you would strengthen their inner being to endure. So we thank you for this brief moment together. And we just pray, lift our vision, set joy before us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Grace and peace to you, folks.